0: This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM
1: Channel 371. Belle Smith at the Boston College will make her second appearance on the show. That's coming up here in about a half an hour. And then we have more guests lined up for you in the Power Hour, including uh, Jamie Ashworth. Uh, he um, won another ACC championship for Duke women's tennis yesterday. And uh, Jeff Connor from Virginia men's lacrosse team, the ACC regular season title. Yesterday, or actually this weekend, you had the call. Mm. They knocked off Syracuse. You lost another I bet.
2: I don't think they played this weekend, actually. Is that what Virginia. it was? No, yeah. I think they were off. Is that yeah. what it was? Yeah, so was Syracuse. They, they didn't play.
1: Yeah, well, well guess sure. what? You still owe. <laughs> you already paid off your bet. I did. But, uh, Dana, hopefully she's watching. Uh, yeah. All right, let's get to the best of the weekend. Uh, this is a long list. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff going on, as we said, with all these spring sports. We lead with Golf. And I know we got the ACC Men's Golf Championship today between Georgia Tech and Wake Forest. That begins at 10 a.m. this morning that you can see on ACC Network Extra. But the individual champion goes to Jacob Bridgman of Clemson University. wins a playoff against Peter Fountain. And this dude right here has been golfing his ball this spring. He's been great. Keep an eye on this guy. I mean,
2: we might see him wearing a green jacket one day. There's been a major champion to come out of Clemson.
1: Lucas Glover. Mr.
2: Glover won, won the US o- Open. The 9 U.S. Open. Yeah. And Bridgman seems like he might be well on his way. It's the best league in in college golf, for sure. If you win an, an individual ACC championship, you're on to bigger and better things, for sure.
1: And I was uh, the Winston-Salem putt-putt champion way back 100 years mm. ago, continuing the Clemson tradition of uh, great golf play. <laughs> Winning uh, through the dinosaur mouth with a free gift. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just part what
2: what'd you shoot that day? Like a 19? Uh, uh, yeah, 20? I was like
1: 67 under par. I <laughs> it was, it was spectacular. On the tough par three. No. Impressive. All nonsense. All yeah. right, let's go. Uh, rowing. You know how much I love rowing. We give you the Pac-Man rowing rankings each and every Friday. Well, guess what? Syracuse moving up in the rankings. That's Why? Right. Because they just took care of business by winning the 2022 Lake Wheeler Invitational. Syracuse
2: Just, rowing. I've always said it's a rowing school.
1: Let me tell you something. They are fast on the heels of the Virginia Wahoos. I mean, let me tell you what. Virginia, I keep telling you, in the water, hard to beat the Hoos, but Syracuse is coming on strong. So, yes, we give you rowing. Rowing for the best <laughs> of the weekend.
2: It's almost like they should get a handicap like in golf because all the water is frozen for six months of the year. So the fact that That's they can point. still win the Lake Wheeler Invitational –
1: Despite that, I mean, that's impressive. I mean, you come down south, warms up a little bit, and Syracuse is just Mm -hmm. varsity eight, letting it rip. That's right. Second eight, letting it rip. (laughs) The rankings come out Friday, by the way. The the official rankings are right here. Provoking
2: Mike Tyson trying to move up. No,
1: that was number 10 this week. Again, there's always a new number 10 every week, so we'll see where that goes. Uh, Shout out to Boo Corrigan, director of athletics at NC State. He's also the chairman of the College Football Playoff Committee. He gets a brand spanking new deal and well deserved. And man, he's done a great job since coming to Raleigh.
2: Super guy, Pack Pride. Got a chance to meet him after NC State Florida State hoops. Debbie Antonelli and I were sitting courtside in Raleigh, and Boo came over. Very nice guy and. You love to see good things happen to good people.
1: Exactly right. Great guy, great family. I keep saying that the Corgans are really the first family of the ACC when you really think about it. I mean, that whole family's had such a long lineage tie-in, whether it be athletic directors, commissioner, whatever the case may be. Boo, terrific dude. And like I said, could not happen to a better person. Uh, we go back to Virginia. Uh I mean, they had a big weekend. It was a great weekend for Virginia sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were front and center with the call. Virginia, Syracuse, and Lars Tiffany does it again. Another ACC championship.
2: That team is really good, man. Really good. And we talked about it in the opening hour. But if it's possible for a two-time reigning national champ to be under the radar, that's kind of what Virginia is right now. Yes, Maryland is great. Yes, Maryland crushed the Hoos earlier this year. But do not sleep on these Hoos because, man, they are loaded. And if they're getting healthy, if Moore and Lasala are healthy, we've got Jeff Connor coming on later in the show, there's always – a silver lining when there's a minor injury that happens. And that's that other guys are forced to step up. And by the time the other dudes come back, then you've got another serious weapon. That's what Jeff Connor is for Virginia. Uh, it was 21 to 15. It was not that close at the carrier slash JMA wireless dome over the weekend. Virginia is
1: really good. I, I love to watch Syracuse alums now have to say that. Because <laughs> I, it will always be the carrier dome to me. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just all, it's, that's, you know, I said this the other day, like when the Staples Center in L.A. changed, they took down this, you know, like it's still a Staples Center, right. man. Right? right. I mean, there's just certain names with brands that just will stick forever.
2: I feel like it's a win for Syracuse that it wasn't named after a cryptocurrency app, though. That's a good point. Because that's what Staples Center is. I uh, think Yeah, like FTX is
1: also taking right. over
2: the world. JMA Wireless, I'm good with.
1: Okay. Yeah. Hey, hey, you're an alum. You're yeah. writing checks. So if you're good with it, it's all that matters.
2: No more checks from this
1: guy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, I mentioned that Bell Smith from BC is going to join us coming up here in about uh, 15, 20 minutes, give or take. Uh, But what about Boston College in Syracuse? 4,500 fans and change showed up to watch. And, again, anytime Charlotte North goes on the the field, I'm just telling you, she's worth watching. There she goes. Score, count, good night. But Bell Smith had a career-high five goals. That's why she'll be joining us coming up at the bottom of the hour. Uh, But i tell you what now. The ladies are about ready to put on a show in South Bend, Indiana, beginning this week.
2: I cannot wait. I mean, get a little appetizer for the NCAA tournament by watching the ACC tournament, arguably the three best teams in the country, play in our league. Yep, Cannot wait to see them all do battle in South Bend. And Boston College, they have that loss to Carolina. But aside from that, they're in cruise control, and Charlotte North is always must-see television. And so is Bell Smith. And speaking of that interview, a little teaser here. Uh, last time you had her on, she said her hardest class was theater. Theater. we got to get an up- update on that. Okay.
1: Well yeah, That's coming up, bottom yeah. of the hour. She's great. Yeah. Uh, baseball. Uh, we don't forget about anybody. we got football, basketball, baseball. So everything happened this weekend. How about the sweeps? Bunch of brooms this weekend. Notre Dame, no problem. Virginia Tech, they go to Boston College to take care of business. And Virginia beat up on North Carolina over the weekend. Three teams playing good, good baseball. All three of
2: them. Everyone in the Commonwealth gets a sweep. And uh, how about Virginia Tech going to Fenway Park, yep. raising 37 G's Pretty cool for the Freights Foundation? That's just awesome. And uh, it's it's really cool to see these teams rolling again as we head into uh, the chase for Omaha. I think they're all going to be in the hunt.
1: Totally agree. The league is deep. It's talented. And uh, teams are really playing high-level baseball. Uh, Duke and Georgia Tech were playing. I'm not sure what was going on. There was no pitching going on this weekend in the <laughs> ATL uh, game was on yesterday. Duke goes 10, and they, we, they went yard 10 times in the series. In this game yesterday, there were 10 home runs in the Georgia Tech-Duke game. 10 bombs yesterday.
2: Are they playing at altitude in Atlanta? I mean, what's going on? That yeah. ball is flying. Yeah, they were smashing
1: it. We had some 15-14 games. We had 12-11 games. Uh, and here goes Duke again, right? I mean... Giving up for dead, just like last year. Then they got hot. They ended up sweeping Notre Dame last week and go ahead and do their thing against Georgia Tech. So, again, if you love the long ball, man, that was your kind of team and series all weekend long. Uh, Also, softball. We had a big showdown, games that were on here on ACC Network, Florida State and Clemson. Of course, Florida State's been kind of the standard in this league for for a long, long time, even though Duke won the tournament last year. Clemson, John Rittman's team, awfully young. They go down to Tallahassee. It's tough to win down there, man. Noel's put it on the Tigers.
2: Yeah, well, Duke won the tournament last year, and Clemson won the regular season last year in their first full season as a program, which is still just hard to wrap your head around. But FSU, I mean, we talked about the long ball with Duke. The question for Florida State is going to be about the offense because they're the best fielding team in the country, and their pitching is great. The offense this year is a lot better than it was last year, yeah. and they still made the finals yeah. last year. So they're scary.
1: Well, I'll tell you this. Killy Rashard at Virginia Tech, Whew. the Hokies are legit. I mean, Emma I'm the, the, the tournament, yeah, the tournament's going to be out of sight because Notre yes. Dame's playing well. Duke is a factor. Clemson's dangerous. you got Virginia Tech and Florida State, who are two teams you just think off the top of your head. Would it shock you to see them in Oklahoma City? No, it would not. I mean, it's going to be a great tournament. Mm -hmm. Great tournament. By the way, speaking of yard, we talked about Duke going yard 10 times in their series with Georgia Tech. How about uh, Mackenzie Clark? Bang, bang, bang on Friday. Three taters for Mackenzie Clark.
2: First three at-bats for FSU. So this is what we're talking about with this league pack. Even though FSU gets the sweep over Clemson, Mackenzie Clark still with those three dingers, a bright spot for John Rittman's team. They were so good last year. And, you know, I keep going back to what Amanda Scarborough said before the season. Her bold prediction was three ACC teams will make it to OKC, which is crazy considering that this is not a powerhouse league like it is in pretty much every other spring sport we talk about. Historically, it's not. But now it is with all these programs.
1: It certainly seems that way. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a blast. Uh, we mentioned this earlier in hour number one about, again, uh, best of the weekend. But to R.J. Davis and Caleb Love, the backcourt, returning for Hubert Davis for the 22-23 college basketball season. And, you know, again, there'll be some way, 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 way too early preseason oh, yeah. top 25s. And if I see North Carolina anywhere outside the top one or two, mm-hmm. uh, somebody needs to have their head examined.
2: Right. Yeah, they, they should be top two and they're not two uh, with these guys coming back. Fresh off a championship run, big lead against Kansas. I mean, legitimately could have won it all as an eight seed. And you've got all those guys coming back with the exception of Brady Manick. I mean, if they're, if they're not number one in those way, way, way too early polls, they are way too early.
1: Yeah, and uh, how about the uh, pressure on Huber Davis? Year two, <laughs> yeah. right? I thought year one was a huge success, given how it turned out to get to the national championship game and had a great opportunity to win it in year one. Going to have an awesome opportunity in year two. Yeah,
2: I think he bought himself some leeway with that year one performance I, I don't well. think so.
1: And then, yeah. again, we talk about transition in college sports. There's also that transition in ACC men's basketball, mm-hmm. right, with John Shire taking over at Duke, bringing in the number one recruiting class. Huge expectations on Hubert Davis in year two. What Kenny Payne could possibly Mm -hmm. deliver at Louisville. Uh, What's Jim Beheim going to do at Syracuse? Leonard Hamilton's absolutely going to bounce back at Florida State. Jim Laranega's got some great news this week as far as the transfer portal. And who else can jump in there, right? Virginia and Tony Bennett got everybody back and then some. Uh, I think the league's going to be just fine. Thank you very much. I do. I'm with you. Uh, Speaking of Virginia, Tony Elliott, we just talked about their uh, spring game. Uh, Tony Elliott also displayed the fact that, guess what? Put him on the bump, I can throw the fastball. Now, I'm going to tell you now, he didn't do this, hey, I'm going to stand in front of the mound throughout the first pitch thing. Tony Elliott not messing around. He went yeah. to the hill and said, I'm throwing the heater. Give me the one, and he slung that sucker <laughs> in there. It was sweet. Give me the one. There's
2: no 50-cent action here on no. the first pitch. You don't have to cover your your face if you're a camera guy behind the plate. Tony Elliott, I mean, we talked about the Wahoos baseball team cruising. If they need an extra arm out of the pen.
1: Hey, look, I'm telling you now, Tony Elliott looked good. I mean, yeah. sometimes you get these guys throwing out the first pitch and they start overthinking it and don't know where the release point is. And that yeah. thing goes down the third baseline like, oh, man, somebody's going to get hurt. Tony Elliott went out there like, uh oh, man. He had to wind up the delivery and whew, threw the one in there. He threw, the, he threw pure heat, throwing seeds in there. Yeah, Looked good. Right down Main Street. I loved
2: it. I was impressed. There's no nibbling corners with Tony No, Allen. No,
1: no, no. Ain't no off-speed nonsense. You're getting the heat. <laughs> uh, golf. We talked about Wake Forest and Georgia Tech this morning at 10 a.m. playing for the ACC Championship. Well, guess what? Michael Brennan had to birdie the last mm. hole. Now, this was during stroke play. Why was that a big deal? Because that put Wake Forest in the top four for match play. They could have been out Without the birdie. He goes birdie-birdie, I believe, the last two to qualify the Deeks in the top four. Then they knock off the top seed, North Carolina, in the first round of match play, setting the scene for this morning against Georgia Tech. So, Michael Brennan, you get some love today, man. That's golfing your ball. you got to make those putts, brother. Yeah. You made them. Big time.
2: That's high pressure, too. Think about Wake Forest. It's been three decades plus since they've been atop the ACC. Yep. They could be back there now.
1: No doubt. Uh, Duke. Beats Virginia 4-1 to one in women's tennis. We have mentioned the fact that uh, Jamie Ashworth is going to join us, and you know he had to be thrilled for his ladies, man. This was a big-time yeah. win. First time he'd won one in 10 years. 10 years, right? How about that's that?
2: That's right. And 18th overall, too. So it's kind of like Wake Forest Golf, right? I mean, it's a powerhouse program that's back to the summit of this league.
1: Yeah, and Jamie's been on with us before. look forward to having him next hour. Join us to talk a little women's tennis. Duke takes care of business again. All the ladies wait, and then the men for tennis. Wait till May second to find out the NCAA seedings. Uh, Virginia, great match yesterday against mm. North Carolina on the men's side. Uh, the who's go and win it again. And man, they have been awesome in men's tennis.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, top ten in the country again. This was a little more high pressure. You know, on the women's side, it was four-one. Duke kind of rolled this one a lot closer. UVA UNC four-three and. Shout-out to the Who's another ACC championship.
1: And while we're at it, I'm going to give a shout-out to the Georgia Tech men's tennis team as well. Uh, They were a 10 seed going into the tournament, and all they did was just upset people left and right. They took down Miami, who was a 7 seed. They took down Wake Forest, who was a 2 seed. So I know they didn't win the championship, but they had a pretty good weekend for Georgia Tech men's tennis.
2: No doubt. Uh, a couple of program building wins for sure as, as the Yellow Jackets move on to next year. That went over Wake Forest. I mean, Wake Forest is always great. a powerhouse. Yep. Clearing the way for UVA.
1: No doubt. All right. I told you it's a great weekend because we had a little bit of everything. How about a shout out to Ethan Dabbs at the University of Virginia? Now, a lot of folks who follow the sport or follow us go, oh, who in the world is Ethan Dabbs? <laughs> what are you talking about? This dude threw the javelin. A record record. 80.41 meters. That's 263 feet. Listen now, now, I got the Florida State javelin right here that they sent us. Right there? Yeah. Now, that's it right there. You can see it on TV. I don't know. And, we had
2: weaponry in the Oh, yeah, we here. do. Yeah, there we do.
1: It's great for barbecuing, by the way. I found out. <laughs> but uh, I took that javelin out when my backdoor neighbors were out of town for about a week and a half. And they've got a huge yard. Uh-huh. So I took the javelin out just to see how far I could throw it. I can assure you, uh, I'm not sniffing <laughs> 80.41 meters. That is crazy, man. How does somebody do that? Good gracious! Think about that, man. Javelin swing, though, isn't it?
2: Two sixty three nine. That's like deep left field. That's
1: yeah. At a lot of baseball. So, that's stadium. softball
2: out of here. That's gone, gone. Yeah, I think it's all about the hip rotation.
1: I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> I'm telling you, that thing right there, that javelin. Like, if you get a great fire, like for s'mores, you got people, like if the girls bring, like, like, if Gigi and Emmy come home, they want to do s'mores. A couple of Bud Light lounges. Right, oh, sure. that, that thing is killer. <laughs> Kill a Woodford Reserve, get a fire going. Oh, how many yeah. you want? I mean, do not? the whole neighborhood. One, one <laughs> That spear's awesome. Uh, all right. Uh, speaking of Florida State, how about a shout out to Scotty Barnes? Mm-hmm. Remember him? Yeah, Scotty Barnes, the NBA rookie of the year. Pretty good weekend. What a great year.
2: I know Charles Barkley's been saying it all season. Scotty Barnes is his rookie of the year, and he takes it home. I think kind of clipped Cade Cunningham at the end there for Tight it. vote. It, it seemed like Cade was going to roll to the rookie of the year, but Scotty Barnes, and just a shame that he hasn't played at all in that first-round series against the Sixers. Looks like Philly's going to roll to the second round there. If, if Scotty plays more, maybe, maybe it's a different story. But, yeah, what a great rookie year for him. And I think a lot of people were surprised when he got drafted over Jalen Suggs. But Masai Ujiri, he knows
1: a thing or two. Yeah, no question. But uh, we've had Scotty on the show when he was at Florida State. I know mm. Leonard's proud of him. And, uh, man, what a great year. One more cool note from the weekend. Uh, we had the Zurich Classic going on down in New Orleans, which is a team event. Jay Haas, mm. playing with Bill, made the cut, and that became an all-time PGA Tour record. Jay Haas, at the age of 68, Made the cut. The oldest to ever do it. And he is one of the nicest people on the planet Earth. Still out there golfing his ball, doing his thing. But uh, congratulations to Jay Haas. Uh, I think it was 49 years ago he made his first cut on the PJ <laughs> Tour. And let that marinate a second. 49 years apart from making the cut for the first time on the PJ Tour to the last time. is that That's crazy? That's
2: unbelievable. I saw that stuff. I was like, man, it's
1: Unbelievable.
2: Step aside, Tom Watson. There's a new best old golfer on the PGA Tour. But he's a
1: great guy. For anybody yeah. that knows Jay, and I know he'll be watching today with Wake Forest taking on Georgia Tech for the ACC Golf Championship. So there you go. That is, I told you, it was a long, Ooh. extensive list of the best of the weekend in the ACC, which was all good. By the way, told you about South Bend, man. It's going to be a big weekend for the women's lacrosse tournament coming up. Uh, the all-ACC team will be in South Bend. For the Women's Lacrosse Championship Quarterfinals, that's all day Friday with pre- and post-game shows, highlights, interviews, and players and coaches. All the experts, all the breakdown that you expect from here at ACC Network. It all starts at 2 Eastern after the first game of the day from Notre Dame. The Irish are the host. And then whoever ends up at the bottom two teams, highest seed gets to host the following week. But this week, it's all about South Bend, Indiana. There you go. Should be a blast. Should be incredible competition. Uh, when we come back, we gave you the best. Uh, there's always the worst, but the list is not nearly as long. But it's coming up next. Drew Carter filling in for West, Packer, and Durham, and we're live
3: right here on the ACC Network. The Packer and Durham Podcast. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Packer
1: and Durham. We gave you a great list of the best of the weekend, more condensed of the worst of the weekend, which is good. We kind of like it that way. Uh, Syracuse men's lacrosse. I hate to keep doing this to you. It's a tough weekend for you, true. Yeah. Five-game losing streak.
2: Yeah, four and nine now, which is foreign for Syracuse men's lacrosse. Uh, 11 national championships, most of any school ever. It's not 10 like the NCAA says. It's 11. Uh, but, yeah, they're going to miss the tournament for the first time since 07. I'll say this. Uh, The sky's not falling in central New York. They've got the Cavalry coming. They've got the number one recruiting class next year. Probably going to be the same thing uh, in the class of 2024. Tucker Dordovic is coming back for his sixth year in Syracuse. I don't know how anyone can spend six years in Syracuse, New York. But, yeah, I mean, I'm going back up there to play Dremlins tomorrow. Where are you going? Yeah, but listen, they'll be fine. Need a little help between the pipes. Harrison Thompson was pretty good on Saturday. They'll be fine. The talent's coming. Gary Gate knows what he's doing.
1: Yeah, the guy is pretty good at what he does. He'll figure it out. I have no doubt. Uh, We talked about the women's tennis weekend. Uh, The number one overall seed was North Carolina. They've been dominant, but they get upset, upset in the ACC women's tennis tournament. And uh, so North Carolina, out. Virginia takes care of business, knocks them off. And, of course, Duke goes on to win the whole deal. And, again, we'll talk with uh, Jamie uh, Ashworth coming up in hour number three on the program. So North Carolina, out from that perspective. Uh, we had some scores in baseball that make your eyeballs pop out. And, again, we had some crazy scores, tons of home runs left and right. Uh, but Wake Forest lost uh, a game to Notre Dame over the weekend. It was not a football game, no. They lost to Notre Dame 21-3. to Goodness gracious! That is a long afternoon. That is, that is, uh, boys. Let's just go and get them tomorrow. You know, this this isn't working out too. I'll I'll
2: wrap it up. Uh, No mercy rule in baseball, like there in softball, but. You know what? I'll, I'll spin this. Positive vibes only. I know we've got worst of the weekend up there on the screen. How about best of the weekend? Notre Dame scores 21 runs.
1: Uh, you can go that route. Put the optimistic route. If you out. like. But we yeah. had such a long list with the, right. the best, so you got to kind of spin this thing around the other way. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't the only ugly on this. Uh, even though Pitt beat Miami yesterday to salvage at least a game in the series, uh, they did get a 17-2 to woodshed job <laughs> earlier in the weekend. Seventeen two. The Canes continue to lead the coastal division. They're playing terrific
2: baseball. Oh yeah, they're they're smoking hot. And the the one loss, not indicative of, of how this went for Miami. I mean, you see the five next to the U. They are as good as anyone in the country, and that offense is the reason why.
1: Yep, playing great. Uh, again, dominating right now the coastal division. We got the ACC baseball championship later in the month of May, right here in our backyard. Not literally in the backyard, but here in uptown Charlotte. <laughs> It'll be a great scene. Uh, finally, Clemson and Florida State finished off a baseball series yesterday. The Tigers ended up winning the game and the series, but both teams combined for 10 airs yesterday. 10 E's. It's not the San Francisco Giants. No, it feel. is not. not Who there. swept the Washington, whatever they are, the Nationals, Natitude. Uh, but man, people are just doing it all over the place. Like, what is going on here?
2: You have the yakety-sacks for, for some of these, but it happens. Yeah, you know, Ten
1: happens. errors in the game.
2: It's one game. These two programs are proud, and it, it happens.
1: Yeah, you know? Eighteen errors in the series. How about that?
2: Uh, I, don't, I don't think Brandon Crawford is out there playing No, short. no. you got to <laughs>
1: catch the baseball. But nevertheless, Clemson wins yesterday, wins the series, but uh, it was a little ugly there at Doug Man. Kingsmore over the weekend. There it is. That's a short, brief, worst of the weekend. Uh, but when we come back... Time for some interviews. She's back. Belle Smith, she joined us last year, and it's coming off a great game over the weekend. We get ready for what should be an awesome mm. ACC Women's Lacrosse Championship Tournament gets started in South Bend, Indiana. Belle Smith, back on the show. It's coming up next, right here on ACC Network.
0: Packer and Durham. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham.
1: Big, big week and weekend coming up in South Bend, Indiana. We're going to have every game of the ACC Women's Lacrosse Championship starts Wednesday afternoon at 2 Eastern right here on ACC Network and the ESPN app. Of course, it's all going to be taking place right there on that beautiful campus at Notre Dame. And man, that is going to be some kind of tournament coming up.
2: All the best teams in the country descend on South Bend. It'll be fun to watch.
1: Yeah, and we'll get down to two teams by Sunday. And next week, whoever the highest-seeded team is, they are good to go to host the ACC championship. It's going to be out of sight. Speaking of making her second appearance on the program, she had another awesome weekend. So did BC. Belle Smith joins us. Belle, it's always great seeing you. Uh, Congratulations on what has been a really, really fun season.
4: Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited.
1: Uh, So, uh, again, we're road tripping to South Bend. Uh, Man, it just seems like there's two or three, maybe four teams that this thing could go any which direction when we get to South Bend.
4: Totally. I think that's what makes it fun. Um, Playing in the ACC, it's such good competition, so we're just excited to get after it and playing the best conference in the world. And I apologize. I lost my voice in the Syracuse game this weekend, so it don't sound too great.
2: (laughs) Too much yelling? Bell, what happened?
4: I think so. Sometimes in the game, I just like to hear myself talk. So (laughs) I got to stop with that.
2: Well, we we suffer from that same disease. That's why we we do TV and radio. We we like to hear ourselves talk for sure. But you had a lot of good reason to be yelling during that Syracuse game. Five goals for Bell Smith, a career high. Uh, Congrats on playing such a great game. What was working for you against the Cuse?
4: Thank you. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, I mean, it was my teammates. I was in the middle a lot, so kept hitting me and finding me, and luckily I was in the right place at the right time, but credit's to them. They found the middle, and they made it work.
1: You know, uh, every time it seems like we talk or see highlights, uh, it's Charlotte North scoring 18,000 goals, but it, your team looks like it has so much fun playing together, and you got superstars all over the place. Uh, so what's that chemistry like? Because it does seem unique, even from our perspective, watching you guys play.
4: Honestly, I'm smiling just thinking about it. Um, Our team has so much energy, especially on that offensive end. Um, Anyone scores or has an assist, everyone's five feet out of the air, jumping up excited. Um, And you don't see that every day on every team. So that's just the fun of it. And I think that's why we're so successful, especially right now um, on a little bit of a high. Um, It's that BC culture um, that the coaches bring in every year. And the goal at the end of the day is just to win. No one cares about stats. No one cares about who's doing what. Um, It's just putting the ball at the back of the net and that's what shows on TV when you see us all jumping up.
2: Bill, why do you think that you guys are so close? Like, can you go back to before the season? Was there like a team bonding activity or something? Why does this team like playing together so much?
4: Like I said, it's just the culture that's created at BC. Um, Acacia's all about culture, putting each other first, team first. So I think every single day that's just drilled in our heads Um, and it's not really accepted if it's not like that. So um, every single day, we're told it's either this way or not playing at all. So,
1: With all the offensive weapons on this team, it's got to kind of free everybody up. Do you, do you get as much satisfaction of a great assist as you do actually scoring?
4: I think even more, honestly. Um, in our last game against QC, you'll see, um, most of my goals were assisted by Caitlin Mossman. And she's jumping up higher than I am. She's running at me. Um, And that's how it is with everyone. I especially think, like you said, with a lot of threats, um, that's where Charlotte comes into play. So many teams are looking at her, following her, scouting her, and she loves that because it opens it up for the rest of the team. Um, And that's the goal all along is just to be able to read what other defenses are doing and use all the threats on the field. Seven threat offense.
2: So, Bell, in your sophomore year now, you guys obviously coming off the national championship last year. How is life different as a national champ? Do you notice our team's playing you you differently now that you've got the target on the back?
4: Yeah, so our team was actually talking about this the other day. Um, Every team wants to take something from us because we took something from them last year. Um, So lately we've we've been trying to figure out what our fire is, just like they have that against us. Um, And coming up right now is ACC's. Like Acacia said the other day, BC has never, ever been good enough to win an ACC championship, and that really pisses us off. So um, this year... (laughs)
1: For right now I love it. you know I, I you know what's what cool about that answer is that hey what we did last year was awesome right they can't take that away from us we got the belt you can go watch and go check out the championship but this team's got a hunger right I mean there's still stuff for this team to accomplish and you know you're not looking to defend anything you're looking to win another one
4: totally um, another one and like I said before right now we're just focused on ACC's Like We've never won that before. We've never been good enough to win that before. and We want to hold that trophy at the end of the... Well, not technically not this week because it's two weeks now, but um, we want to be holding that ACC trophy this year.
2: Well, let's talk about that ACC tournament a little bit because it is marquee. We've been talking about it for a while. Um, You deal with the ACC schedule all season, so you guys are well prepared for it. But this has got to be a little bit different now. We're looking at the the, uh, bracket right now, Bell, and we see... You guys get Virginia Tech and Coach Skyra doing some things in her first year there, and Syracuse potentially awaits you in the second round. I mean, this it all happens so fast. That quarterfinal, semifinal weekend, how do you manage that, playing two games in three days potentially?
4: Yeah, I mean, it's a lot. I think fortunately last year, um, last year's schedule is kind of all I've ever known since I was a freshman. And with that schedule, we had a lot of back-to-back games because of COVID. Um, so it's something we're all kind of used to at this point, except for the freshmen. So I think we're just going to come in level headed like we did with those games last year because of COVID. Um, like I said, the weekend's fast, (laughs) so it's a lot of recovery and just mental focus more than it is physical focus when it comes to practice and stuff. And that's what we're ready to do. Watch film and get to work.
1: What do you think of the format? I mean, it is a little unique in the fact that, hey, you know, you're going to play hopefully a bunch of games. You get through Sunday, and if you're still left standing, you got a chance to host, perhaps if you're still standing, maybe you got to go on the road. Do you like the way that's laid out?
4: Yeah, so that's the first year they're doing this. Um, I personally love how it's all in one weekend, usually. I think that's the fun of it. It's back-to-back games in such a short amount of time, Um, but I think... As the student athlete and as a midfielder who runs up and down, it's really nice to have that extra week of recovery before a championship game if we get there.
2: So, Belle, being in Boston for a couple of years now, like, are, do you consider yourself a Boston person? Like, I remember Brad Stevens with the Celtics said he's a masshole. now. Are you, are you like a, are you a Boston person at this point?
4: So last year, I was very, like, against becoming a Boston person. And I was like, nope, like, I'm sticking to New York, like, Yankees over Red Sox, whatever. But this year, I think I'm slowly becoming more and more of a Boston girl. And okay. it's kind of scaring me. <laughs> I'll be like, I don't know if I want to go home this weekend. Maybe I'll go a Red Sox game or something. So,
1: Hey, how about the, how about the crowd showing up to watch y'all play, right? I mean, that's got to be incredibly rewarding that everybody's like, man, you got to get a ticket to see these ladies play because they're putting on a show.
4: It is amazing. Every game we get into our alumni stadium and there's more people than there were last game. We're like, "How is was it more than last game? Last time we played UNC, now we're playing Syracuse. There are more and more people every time and it is incredible. I think the sport is growing so much um, and it's just so exciting. I mean, being on the field, hearing the chants, hearing the cheering, um, going to the locker room at halftime and there's thousands of little girls high-fiving you. It's it's unbelievable. I've never really seen a fan base like this for college lacrosse, especially in midseason. Um, it's absurd. And I have to give a shout out to Charlotte there because obviously credit to our whole team. We all bring in the fans. But I think with Charlotte North changing the game, um, she's a huge reason why they're all there. And it's awesome that we all get to experience that. I mean, she was doing the draw in the middle of the game. And I think I heard 3000 girls cheering Charlotte, Charlotte and <laughs> the whole state. I mean, that's got to be amazing for her, but the whole team was just in disbelief with how many fans were there.
2: Yeah. What is that like, Belle? I mean, knowing that it's not just Charlotte, it's your entire team, your brand of lacrosse. You're going to be responsible for a lot of young girls picking up the stick. What is that like knowing that?
4: It's awesome. Um, I think that's kind of goes back to what we were saying before with the celebrations and the excitement, you know. I think that's what makes kids want to play. Not necessarily – putting the ball in the back of the net or getting a cost turnover. It's all about the way we look on the field, how much fun we're having, um, and the excitement that this game brings us. And I think that's what inspires the kids. So we're just fortunate that they're all there and that we be able be able to have an impact on them like that.
1: Now, i got to find out something here. You know, last time you were on with us and you made your debut, we asked you the traditional question, which is what well, was your hardest class since you've been to Boston College, and your response, to this day, this is the 614th television show we've done that response to this day is the only one that's ever been answered the way you answered it by saying theater. So have you been able to incorporate your hardest class at BC to what you've been able to perform as a lacrosse player? Is that is that come into play at all in any shape, way, or form?
4: Um, I guess maybe on the field if you get hit or something, you can try to act a little bit to get a call. <laughs> that, would, that would be my only only thing that translates from theater to lacrosse. <laughs>
1: Bell, there's no flopping in lacrosse. I mean, hey, let's keep it out of the sport. You guys are having too much fun scoring. like We don't need that nonsense in the game. I don't want you going down that road. Well, listen, I know you got a class to attend here, so we're going to let you get a head start because at 9 a.m. is coming up here in about 17 minutes. Uh, good luck this week at South Bend uh, and obviously into the NCAAs. You guys have been a joy to watch play and continued success.
4: Thank you so much. And the class is in theater today, so oh. it shouldn't be too bad.
1: All right, you got it. Keep that voice good too, by the way. got a lot of screaming and shouting coming up this week. Talk to you later.
4: Yep. <laughs> she's Thank great. You, so much,
1: you got it. Take care of yourself. There's uh Belle Smith. Uh I mean they are fun to watch now.
2: Whew. It's not just Charlotte North. No, I mean right. it's cooler to give credit to Charlotte North. And yeah, she's kind of transcendent, but that whole team. I mean, Bell Smith, ACC Rookie of the Year yeah. last year, five goals against the Cues.
1: And you got North Carolina with all the crazy numbers that they keep putting uh-huh. up, which they're spectacular. You got BC number two, Syracuse number three. Uh, again, South Bend, Indiana, the place to be. Woo. The tournament starts Wednesday, but then, of course, we're going to have you covered left and right like nobody's business. Not a men's tournament, but we do have mm-hmm. the women's tournament. Yeah. But a different format this year, a little different.
2: Yeah, book your tickets to O'Hare and then make the drive to South Bend. That's it. But South Bend,
1: hopefully the weather's great. But uh, it yeah. should be out of sight. Really good. All right. When we come back, uh, we got still a ton to do. Eight four four say ACCN is the number for the program. Eight four four say ACCN. And uh, last week uh, it was Unity Week in the Atlantic Coast Conference, and we had a different student athlete on every single day to explain really what they're doing to give back to the community and so forth. And if you case you missed any of them, we're going to give you a best of Unity Week. All that is coming up next. Packer and Durham. Drew, filling in for Wes. You got us right here on ACC Network. The Packer and Durham Podcast.
3: This is the Packer and Durham Podcast little dog-walking
1: music for you right there. <laughs> Packer in Durham. Drew filling in for West. West is on the links for a couple days. Eric McLean will be in here tomorrow in the basement talking a little football and all that other stuff. I mentioned that the last week was Unity Week in the Atlantic Coast Conference. And every single show last week, we had a great student-athlete talking about all the really great work they're doing. And in case you missed it, eh, we put together a little package for you that you do not want to miss. These <laughs> ladies and gentlemen were really, really spectacular. You know, this is the cool thing to me about Unity Week is to talk to student-athletes and say, hey, you know what, giving back to community, being a part of groups and clubs uh, to make sure everybody is included, uh, I know that's been very, very important to you. I mean, the, the, the sports is cool, the, the work obviously is great, but giving back to community has always been something important to you, hasn't it?
3: Yeah, it has been, definitely. I love being able to do community service with my teammates, with my coaches, um, with other people on different teams, it's honestly just a great experience to take what we get and give back to the community around us. As student athletes, we have
5: the um, just a lot of volume, especially because the younger generation is looking up to us. Um, a lot of um, young aspiring student athletes, college athletes, Division one through three athletes um, are looking up to us, and with the the platform of like. Instagram, TikTok, um, just, you know, any real social media platform. I think that is what allowed our generation and specifically Haley and I to, um, use our voice. Both of us are in predominantly, um, white sports. So we have this unique platform, um, to, you know, use our voice and, um, Try to make a change. I mean, the athletes for BLM Instagram account um, was a huge success. I mean, Myla and I always talk about how this, like, the movement is is bigger than us. Um, you know, the fight for like social justice is kind of like a marathon and not a sprint. So it was just, you know, it was a small thing in this huge, um, this huge movement. But Myla and I just decided to. You know, use our platform to do everything we can spread awareness about the movement. So, I think it was a big success.
6: Honestly, wasn't really uh, super aware of the fact that I was the only one of color on my team. But uh, as I got older, I began to realize, like, wow, I, re- I really am the only one, and a lot of like my friends were just kind of not used to it, and so. It was just something I wanted to see change. I wanted to be able to see more uh, diversity in the sport of swimming, because I think only like three to 5% of swimmers in USA Swimming are African American. And so that was one of the reasons I set out to do this program was just, you know, maybe some kids will really enjoy the water and end up competitively swimming and Mm. that'll help uh, bridge the gap in diversity in swimming, which is ultimately the goal why was this so important to you to be tied into the
1: unity week and th- the things that you're doing there in Coral Gables?
0: What drives you? Yeah. You know, yeah. That's a, it's a great question. And uh, I, I mean, I believe very pas- uh passionately about uh, diversity. I think it's extremely important and to be a part of a conference and in an institution that supports that so strongly, uh, you know, it just made it so much easier for me to get involved with that. And um, I, as you can see here, uh, we started the, uh, a club on campus, uh, a Black Student-Athlete Alliance, where we bring together uh, student-athletes and, like, encourage. I'm sorry, like, share our stories and, like, build a space for us to, to, you know, really feel comfortable and uh, empower each other to, like, push the culture forward.
3: For me, a gratifying moment, honestly, is simply being able to do what I can do every single day. The people I'm around is just... When I sit down and really think about it, it's just insane. Like The people I'm around, the people I've met, what I've learned from everyone I'm around. Like I said, Unity Week, we have people from everywhere on our team. So you just learn so much about different cultures, traditions, religion, and every single day is just such a gratifying experience to be around people who I love, people I have relationships with, and people that I can just grow from every single day. Simply, Mm. the people I'm around is just a gratifying experience, honestly
5: you know, being a minority in the sport is, like, due to um, exposure. So, you know, there's a lot of kids of color and just any kids who could be good at rowing and could, you know, go far in the sport, but it's about uh, it's about exposure. So I was lucky enough to have that opportunity.
6: Honestly, I don't remember the first time I got in the water because <laughs> uh, I was – Still a baby. I was no more than six months old, and my mom just wanted me to have the ability to float and be comfortable in the water at a young age. And I mean, I would say it worked. I'm getting to swim at a great university now, and I love the water. So I'm just very thankful that she did that for me at such a young age. But swimming isn't something that you have to learn at a young age. Like, you could really learn at any time, whether it's six months old or in your 90s. Like, it's never a bad time to learn how to swim.
2: On a college campus like the University of Miami, uh, what are you finding is the message that that people are most receptive to in this time of change in this light
0: huh no, that's a it's a really interesting question and I, I would say that um, the idea of inclusivity I think mm-hmm. is probably i think that's something that hasn't really been talked about enough until recently, so having that that dialogue being taken place is really changing people's perception on what they think about diversity. So this is not just uh, diversity in the sense of uh, racial diversity, but also age diversity, um, gender diversity, uh, inclusiveness of LGBTQ communities. Like it's, this whole conversation has started a whole spill of things that have, I believe, to benefit the, the entire community, not just uh, certain populations.
1: I uh, say it all the time. Drew uh, and I know that with the games that you cover, too, you, you run across it with your broadcast. The student-athletes in this league are so good. And, yeah. and we have fun with them on the show. And you get a chance to obviously see the skills they have on the court, the field, whatever the sport may be. But more important, more importantly, mm-hmm. uh, their impact on the community, uh, giving back, what they do in the classroom. Uh, to me, it's what separates the ACC from everybody else.
2: I'm with you, Pac. And it was fun to talk with Bell Smith about their impact on the youth on the field, watching them play the game. But you're right. I mean, what's more important is how they represent themselves off the field. These people are role models. I don't care what sport they're playing. There's always someone looking up to them. And the answers we just heard, I mean, that's next level stuff right there. That that wasn't just PR 101. These, sure. are, these are thoughtful, really intelligent student athletes. And I, I almost never say student athletes, but... I'll say it now. Student-athletes are smart people.
1: Well, that's what it is. And, and I know we talked about the Jack Swarbrick thing a little bit earlier about the, the potential direction of, of maybe having sports in which there's no educational value to it. And yeah. it just it, to me, that is not college sports. What you saw with those selection of interviews that we had last week with ACC Unity Week, to me, that is the standard by which college should be. You get an education, you get a chance to compete, you get a great education at all these institutions. But what you also give back to community sets you up for the next level. I mean, that's what you're going to be doing the rest of your life, for crying out loud. So, again, I think we're incredibly blessed in this league uh, to have the quality of the student-athlete. And it to me, it's what separates. It doesn't mean that you don't see it in other leagues, but not like you do in this conference. Yeah. This is different.
2: And I love the the different kinds of cities that these schools are based in. you got big cities like Pittsburgh and Miami. you got college, college towns like Blacksburg, Syracuse, kind of a college town as well. I mean – and, and the impact that they can have in those communities, that's kind of the same, no matter where you are. Uh, so yeah, it was really cool to hear, hear those answers. And I mean, if Jack Swarbrick is right, and there's separation of athletics and university, not only will we, will we miss out on a lot of that, you can't ask the athletes what's the, what their hardest class has been either, which is, I mean,
1: it's the end of that.
2: that that'd leave a it's huge the end void. Of that's the end of that segment. Huge void on ACC Network. We never would have known that Bell Smith was in theater. She said there were a lot of Pop quizzes in theater
1: class? That doesn't add up. Tell you what. Hey, that was the answer. It's the only time we've had that answer. But she's getting the job done. But, again, I want to thank all the student athletes that joined us last week and everybody that is part of ACC Unity Week. It's a big uh, deal for this conference. It's been an emphasis, and uh, we're we're kind of honored to be able to showcase it, to bring in just some of the men and women that are getting the job done on the field, in the classroom, and, more importantly, in the community and they're all different, which is yeah. fantastic.
2: And one more thing, Pac, it's not just Unity Week. I mean, when, when Belle was on, she was wearing a One Love T-shirt. I mean, these student-athletes, what I love about it is they take initiative. and They yeah. make this stuff happen. I mean, there's One Love, Morgan's Message, Big and little Lacrosse World. It's really cool. It's honestly inspirational. Made me think, what was I doing in college, you know? Just talking about sports. But they, they take it to the next level.
1: And you know what else was great about that segment? It gave you the opportunity to dunk, jump into the lemon coffee cake from oh, yeah. Wegmans during the break. If
2: you're wondering why the dogs are so much more active than they were in the opening <laughs> hour and a half, uh, they might have had a bite of the Wegmans lemon coffee cake. They're uh, hooked.
1: Well, you know, it's just like giving back. It's what we talked about with Unity Week. That's and right. here you come rolling in there, sharing with the boys, making mm. yourself right at home. <laughs> That's how we do it. All right, hour two done. Hour three is the power hour. I mentioned it, uh, Jamie Ashworth. Who has done a fantastic job with the Duke Women's Tennis Program. They win another Nash, another ACC championship. We try to win a national coming up. And also uh, Jeff Connor from the Virginia Men's Lacrosse Team. They're fresh off of winning the ACC regular season. They will join us. We'll take phone calls too. Big Hour 3 coming up. Packer and Durham right here on the
3: ACC Network. Packer and Durham.